For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 391 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host. No, it's 392, isn't it? What is it? Oh, shit. It I'm is. I'm guessing it's 392. You're guessing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's episode 391 feeling. of Blue Ooh, Harvest. That's why I'm <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 391 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Woolwin. Buddy. Double Star Wars week, second to last Star Wars. Double Star Wars week. We get next. I can't week believe they're going away. They're so awesome. I know, man. I think. I mean, we'll get into it later. This might be my my favorite of the Double Star Wars week so far. Like both episodes combined. Um, I don't know. It's tough to say. But we got an episode of Mandalorian to talk about, and an episode of Bad Batch. The the that's true ultimate bad batch week because next week we get the last two episodes and uh we'll hear from you guys um not feeling great 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 today so might you know keep this one on the shorter end we'll see how it goes I always say that and then it just ends up being as long as every other episode so right let's see um so listen if whenever you, you need to stop we'll yeah just- Beep. Yeah, scoot out. See you guys later. Beep beep. Um, yeah. Listen for all your Blue Harvest needs. Links to social media, to the Patreon, all that good stuff. Merch store, blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com. Find find everything there. Our Twitter, our Instagram, the Twitch channel where I've been streaming like crazy. My man, I was uh, I was planning on streaming every day of my vacation this week, but was not feeling great today, so I just kind of decided to um, chill at the house and rest up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, um, and if you really enjoy the show, you know what other link is there—a link to our Patreon, where we post all our bonus shows. If you support us for as little bit as little as three dollars a month, you'll get access to that. 
all the instant reactions to the Star Wars stuff. Oh no, it's Hall Solos, Cooking with Wills, Blue Harvest Adventures, Star Wars Year by Podcast, Hall's Calls, Podula Rasa, Masters of Harvest Kasi. It just keeps going. There's so much bonus material there at patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast. Thanks to all the patrons. You guys are the best. And we we appreciate you. Yeah, we do. Buddy, how's your week been? Very much. It's been been kind of crazy, but good. It's been good. Okay. I hear you crazy, but good. Um yep. right on. Doing the dad thing. Yeah. Uh the struggle, you know, like a, we had a wellness visit and some shots and the craziness of just trying to get out the house and with a baby that hates the car seat for some reason, like screams, you know, it's hard to get out of the house with the baby. And Right. Which is, from what I understand, kind of the opposite, right? Like, I always hear people talk Usually about Usually the car like, seat yeah. lulls a baby to sleep. And Not has been baby. the other case with my other two children. Not this baby. Not this baby. She said, fuck Not that. This baby. Don't like riding in a car. She said, I can't see nobody. And, you know, I don't know where I'm going. I hate this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right on. Doing the dad thing. Doctor's visits and whatnot. Checkups. Mm-hmm. Um, and early bottles and late bottles and midday bottles and tummy times. Bottles and tummy Frequent tummy. changes. Mm-hmm. Diaper blowouts. Sure. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm, I'm going to let you. Outfit da- change. I'm going to let you dad it up with that. That's a. Uh, Go, go, peace be with you and also with you. You know what I mean on that one? Mm-hmm. You put on the brand new shirt just to her to throw up on it. So you put on a new shirt and then she throws up on it. And you're like, why do I? Why? What's the point? What is the- I'm, making, I'm long, making laundry at this point. Oof, man. The struggle is real is what I'm hearing. It's all good, though, because she is a sweet baby. She's sweet, and she's loving, and she's got these little dimples when she smiles. She sleeps all the way through the night. You know, I couldn't ask for a better baby girl. Okay, okay. Well, that's cool. For the most part, she sleeps through the night. She has been waking up some, but, you know, on the long. Mm -hmm. On the whole. On the whole. A good sleep through the night, baby. (laughs) Well, um... We got another double Star Wars week this week, and uh, you know how we were saying what day was, well, I guess it was when you came into town, and we were talking about if it was TGIS, thank God it's Star Wars, the theme that way was big creatures, big monsters. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This week was, the theme this week is Coruscant, because Coruscant was in both episodes. Um, Right. And, uh, yeah, man, I, we finally got a huge answer to a big question in Mandalorian. And what I love more than anything is when they're like, well, here's an answer. You got some more questions though, you know? Um, yeah. So I was fairly excited about that. What'd you think about the Mandalorian this week? Oh, dude, I loved it. I loved it because I kind of got... What we have only gotten in little bitty breadcrumbs, which is a slice of Mandalorian covert child of the watch, the way, 
mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. usually they, they hint at it. We get little bits. Like the whole episode is them. It's Mando summer camp. Yeah. Yeah. Is them existing with the covert mm-hmm. and doing all the things that, you know, Mandalorians do that follow the way has saving the Vizsla's kid. Like, uh, you know, now he's not going to get the dirty eye from the Vizsla anymore. That was awesome. Like the whole, the way they went about, you know, having to save the kid. Awesome. You know, the way it shook out in the end. Awesome. Like really liked it. Liked it a lot. Liked it when Grogu had to, you know, like prove himself. You know, I dug that. I dug his new piece. Like, there was so mm. much cool stuff happening in this episode. It kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, Dude. But I just loved it. I loved it. Um, I got to say, like, the Mando summer camp. Now, if that's what summer camp really was when I was a kid, instead of like savage, you know, 11 to 15 year old boys blowing up doo-doo and Boy Scout latrines, like, psh, I probably would have made it to Eagle Scout. If I got to wear yeah. Mandalorian armor and rip around on jetpacks and have paintball wars and shit, there were paintball wars, but not near. Go at it in the Kumite. And I got to say, you remember after that first episode, our buddy Florian was like, you know, I kind of get the vibe that that kid might be Paz Vizsla's son. I'll be damned. He fucking called it. Yeah. And, and you know, right I, actually, the money. I actually saw that theory floating around a little more, like as the weeks went on, I was like, well. Oh, yeah. What do I know? Look at this. And sure enough, he turned out to be There's him. this lingering shot right mm-hmm. after, you know, the thing goes down and he rushes to get him. It makes sense once you watch it again. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, now, I did now. I mean, there are I do have a, a few small complaints, but overall, I dug the episode. One of them would be like and listen, the president precedent was set by our old pal uncle george back on attack on attack of the clones right we see how a a member of yoda species fights right in combat they jump around the the scene like i and ultimately it doesn't matter because it's just it's very brief in a scene i liked otherwise but the scene of the cut is not smooth yeah it's not a smooth transition to him doing his little flippy flippy and shooting the uh-uh. darts at the the Mando kid. But I did like that part. I, I like right. that, you know, even though Grogu is still very much like an infant or a baby, like he clearly, it, it you know, he understands. You know what I mean? Like it's, they've, and this isn't the first time they've done that. Clearly, like he understood Luke when Luke was talking to him. But like you, you're getting some more direct communication with Grogu, right? And seeing him process that um, communication and stuff, which I like. Um, Now, when the big damn pterodactyl shows up and takes off Paz Vizsla's kid, I do think it's maybe a little odd that they're like, well, let's spend some time. Like, you know, there's an overnight trip and a camping situation involved. Like, I don't know if I was Paz Vizsla, if I would have been cool camping and just waiting. Right. Like they didn't necessarily establish that, like, you got a couple of days before that kid is bird, bird food, pterodactyl food. Yeah, because you're right. You know, the and and then when they get up to the rock face, just as the bird gets back, like they beat the bird home. 
or the bird has not regurgitated his son for a couple days or something it, it you know like sometimes and, and this is not just with the mandalorian with it's with and it's not just with star wars sometimes you gotta like squint or like just go okay i got it you know the what bird I mean? had to hunt more right the bird right. wasn't full it was stalking more prey yep it was and, like and uh sure. was unsuccessful and then finally just came the fuck back home. Right, whatever it is, you know? Um, now, I, what I do like is the idea of the, you know, the Mandalorian hunting party going out to save the kid and shit. I'm all about that. So ultimately, Amazing. that's, yeah, that's what sticks with me more than any, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know. Impression? Not impression, but like semantics, right? Like any semantics. Right detail in the plan and how long it took him to go rescue that little bastard um well it also showed off bo katan's proficiency as a leader in several aspects this yeah. this episode yeah for sure for sure and i think it's um i think it's one of those things where it's clearly setting up you know that role for her in the future i think i never her mentioning the mythosaur to mm -hmm. the armor you know like she has designs and she has plans like I know I and I could I could still be wrong but from the beginning of all this and and especially once they started introducing the idea that maybe we would you know be examining Mandalorian culture in a larger way than just this one Mando guy who's a bounty hunter post Return of the Jedi right um right I never got the vibe that Din was going to be like the heir to Mandalore. I, I just never have. Like, I don't know that that is necessarily his future. Um, that's that's the more I see what Bo-Katan is doing, like the less it seems like that maybe Din is the man, you know, the yeah. mantle of Mandalore. Yeah, and 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 like. I'm sure there would, if that's how it shakes out, where like you know she becomes the new ruler of Mandalore or whatever, um, there'll be people that are a little salty and they're like, "But it's it's his show." But just because it's his show doesn't mean like that has to be his fate. I'm not saying anything's gonna bad happen to him or like he wouldn't be a good leader, but I just I, I don't get that vibe that that's his ultimate fate in this season. I mean, what if he is, you know? the general of all Mandalorians or, yeah, you know, under like her as right Mandalorian. Yeah, you know like what I mean? Right advisor or something. Like, yeah. Is, you know, best serve. <laughs> we got to take care of Grogu, you know, like maybe he can't be weighed down by the responsibility of a nation, a planet. Um, well, he better hope they get some fucking real good star Wars medicine. Right. Cause Grogu is still going to be kind of a kid. When Din Djarin passes away, you know? That boy right. he ages yeah. real slow, that Grogu. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. like, obviously, I think one of the things people are going to be talking about the most is we finally get the answer to who saved Grogu, right? And countless times you and I have said, it's going to be somebody we know, right? It's going to be a right. character, a pre-established character. It's not going to be a new character. That is not the Filoni Baloney Favreau way, right? Of making right. A, a new character to fill such an important thing. Now, I would have never guessed that it would be Ahmed Best's character from the <laughs> Jedi Temple Challenges game show. 
Holy moly. Never I thought that. Never would have thought that. And but I loved it. I love the decision. Yep. Love it. Yeah, yep. man. As soon as I saw it, I was like, hell yep. yes. Soon as hell yeah. As soon as the elevator opened, I got a it got a huge reaction from me. I was like, fuck me too. Yeah, dude. And he's like dual wielding sabers and Yep, he picks up that other saber and goes ham. Mm-hmm. Like now, listen, I am typically very complimentary of the the special effects and the effects work in these episodes. Um, and there is some really good shit in this episode. The scene of him on the speeder bike escaping, bad, bad effects. Not, yeah, not the strongest. I, uh... I watched it on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, while I was getting the baby down for sleep, and I, uh, it didn't really bother me because it's such a small screen. But I wonder, and now that you say that, I wonder what it would have been like if I had watched it on the big TV, um, because it 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 was, you know, some bit like like uh, close cuts, I guess. Then, yeah, you know, but- shots in there. There's just some to me. There was some weird perspective stuff of him whipping around yeah. on Coruscant on the on the bike. That to me was the only the stuff with him on the bike was the part I felt was weak effect wise. Like it's a cool concept yeah. and was executed fairly well enough, but it just didn't really stack up effects wise for some reason. Just one of those weird things. And then like you know how I mentioned it answers a question, then it raises a question. Well, to me. The whole Naboo thing is a huge question. Now, you know, I'm sure some of it was like the little bit of a on-the-nose wink and a nod to the fact that, you know, Ahmed Bass played Jar 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 Jars from Naboo, right? Um, but the fact that they escape in a Nubian ship and, like, Naboo troops help them escape and shit is fascinating. I wonder it is. what that means for Grogu's storyline between you know, order 66 and the first episode of Mando. Um, cause old boy Keller and Beck is clearly not around anymore. Right. Something right. happens to him. Um, and it's also, they're clearly going to, to like sort of drip feed us that information, right? Like last season, right. there was the little bit of the information about, you know, him escaping order 66. And then this episode, we find out who did it and he you know he comes back to right as they hit hyperspace we're going to continue getting little pieces of that story but i think it's a fascinating story like is is padme or uh queen jamila um involved with grogu like does he hide out on naboo post episode um post order 66 for a little while i don't know that would be interesting. Um, but I, uh, I'll definitely be interested to see <clears throat> where they go with that. And like, I'm just stoked for Ahmed Best, man. Like, the dude caught so much shit for doing his job, right? Like, he was doing the job he was given. Ahmed Best did not write Jar Jar. He didn't create jar jar he was doing the The man was an actor yeah yeah and the amount of shit he got was just fucking ridiculous and i mean it's you know that's the kind of shit we've talked into the ground so yeah i'm just glad to see the man was good at his job and he's still good at his job 
He was a kick-ass Jedi. He sure was. And like uh, He's still going to be, hopefully. We're going to see the rest of that story, I assume. Yeah, I would assume so. We'll see his end, I assume. And like, you know, I do think it's really awesome when you think about the amount of shit that dude got for being Jar Jar. That years later, like he's a kick-ass Jedi and, you know, the first Star Wars TV show. But not just any Jedi. He's the Jedi who saved Grogu one of the most beloved new Star Wars character of modern Star Wars era, you know? Like Right. Yeah. I think that's pretty fucking sweet, man. I'm really happy for that dude. Um and then like, yeah, you know, the armorer makes the new little piece of little breastplate or something. She called it. She had a name for that thing she meant and how he would grow into it and stuff, but Yeah. I thought it was cool. It was. It's not like a buckler, but it was something like that. Like the. Yeah, because I think the piece she's referring to. Yeah, it's not. It's not meant to be held. It's like a, it's almost like a breastplate on top of chainmail, right? Because he's got the chainmail right, shirt exactly. Um, and I love that it's got the, the same emblem that Dan uses the mud horn. Um, right, because that's their their. Yeah, that's their that's little family. That's why he saved him. That's yeah. their family crest. That's yeah. why they're a clan of two. Um, yeah, I thought that shit was real cool. Um, I, I see... Now, before we get into talking about the second half of the episode, I will say this. I'm never one to complain or throw the word filler around. I feel like it's way overused. Like, the minute, you know, an episode comes out that is not 100% dedicated to, you know, advancing the plot, you get people be like, oh, it's a filler episode. And then, like, two episodes later, you know, some major part of the plot ties back into that storyline, right? It ties back into information, mm-hmm. probably, that was right. given in but, that what you would consider filler episode. I, and I don't even necessarily consider this a filler episode, but I will say... We're halfway done with the season, and I still don't know what the, for lack of a better word, the point of this season is. Meaning, like, okay, so in season one, right, by the end of the episode, you kind of know, okay, this season is going to be about this dude protecting this little baby Yoda, right? And he gets his mission at the end of that season. He's got to return him to his people, the Jedi. And then that's kind of the storyline of season two, right? He's looking into, um, you know, returning Grogu to the Jedi. He gives him the Luke, blah, blah, blah. And then sort of the storyline that was set up for season three, which was set up in the Book of Boba Fett, by the way, um, was, okay, now Din needs to redeem himself for taking off his helmet, which they knocked out in the first two episodes, which is fine. I'm right. not, you know, I'm fine with that not being a... We're already past that in yeah, this episode. Yeah, but where, where, like, what is the point now? What is the point I of gr- this season? I agree. You know what I mean? I and It's not I, that my I... My gut feeling is, is like, it's going to be have to be how, how Grogu and Din exist, what they're doing. You know, how, what do they do to get by? Where do they live? You know, all these, you know, they, they can be on the go forever, I guess. But like, well, to me, it seems like as of right now, how do they get by? How do they live? They live at the covert, right? Like, it seems like Din is completely fine. Just that being their life. What 
is going to propel the story forward to get them off that planet, either with or without the rest of the covert. I'm sure it's Moff Gideon and Mandalore, but what is it? Like, it, is it just going to be that Bo-Katan is like, hey, man, I saw a mythosaur in that water, and I want to go check that out again. Will you come with me? Right? Like, I, I can't necessarily see that being the case. Is it going no. to be some conflict between the covert and other factions of Mandalorians for the control of Mandalore? Is is it going to be about Moff Gideon's revenge? I don't know. And that, to me, is a little weird that halfway through the season, we don't know that yet. As much as I enjoyed this episode and have enjoyed the season so far. Um, right. Now, listen. If... The third season of The Mandalorian told the like the whole season told the story we got in these first four episodes. Like you know, if that was split up over four eight episodes instead of four, I would say it's the weakest season of The Mandalorian yet. Even though I like every episode and I like the story beats. Now the 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 cool thing is is we got four more episodes where they could turn yeah. that around. But you know, every show I love has a season that I think is the weakest, right? For for Buffy, it's season four. For Lost, it's season three. For You know, so on and so forth. Um, right. That's just the, the nature of the beast. There's going to be seasons you like better and seasons you like least. Um, but I, I just, I want, to me, they kind of, in the next episode, they kind of got to let us know where it's the rest of the season is headed. Like, give us at least an idea of where it's headed for the back half. And then I'll feel a little more comfortable with this season. Because right now it's a little uneven. Right? Right. Yeah. As much as I'm mean. enjoying it. Um, and I just, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Like, what do they, so where do they go from here? Mm -hmm. What are they doing now? And maybe it was just, you needed to breathe. The story may needed to breathe well, for a minute. So to let them have some peace and like some Mandalorian way before we kick it back into. Yeah, for sure. And, and the, the reason the final end game, the reason I would not even consider this episode filler. Cause you know, I said earlier, I wouldn't even call this a filler episode is it does. I do think it does some, some interesting and important story stuff besides answering who saved Grogu, which I think is important. It also, right. um, like you said, like you said at the beginning, gives us a, an insight into how sort of this covert operates, what life is like as part of this, of this covert. It deepens the covert's respect and admiration for Bo-Katan, who we know from the way the armorer talked about her in Book of Boba Fett, she is not a Bo-Katan fan at that point, right? No. She's like, she is, she's doo-doo feces. I'm pretty sure that's what she right. said. Um and it also finally seems to resolve the whole like Pods, Fizzla, Dinjar, and rivalry for now. So I, I do think it does some important stuff as far as advancing the relationship of the characters and some world building for the Mandalorian covert. I just think for the season overall, I'd like a little bit of a better idea of where it's headed. Um, that's it. That's my main complaint so far in this season. And... Like I said, we still have four more episodes. They have plenty of time to turn it around, and and certainly I'm sure they will, but it just seems a little aimless post the second episode when Din completes his quest to redeem himself. Um, right. 
Now, there's something going on with that Gideon officer on a oh, Coruscant. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's why I think that is certainly going to play into it. Um, whether Gideon has already escaped or we're going to see him escape, he's coming back this season. We know it. Um, now, the Mandalorian hunting party. Any sort of semantic issues I have with how long they took to go rescue that kid, I liked it otherwise. Like, I liked the Mandos hanging out. I liked, um, you know, the whole idea of, well, you are the leader of the hunting party. You get the honor of staying at the fire while we all eat. Because we got to go all sit off and be weirdos and eat by ourselves because of this fucking cult. Um, they did address it at the very least. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's a question that, you know, any logical person is like, oh, so you can't take your helmet off. Like, you know, I'm sure your nose is itches like, how do you eat? You know, there are all these questions when you can't take your helmet off. Right, right. They at least addressed it. Yeah, they cert- they did, which, you know, that I'm totally fine with that. Once again, it adds some some lore and layers to this whole covert. Like it, yeah, flavor to the covert in the way. And also, by the way, like it's hard not to at least laugh a little bit because you know the you know the behind the scenes circumstances where it's like not only are you the leader of the hunting party <laughs> you're the only actor who is in the suit that is actually on set so you get to take your helmet off right to sit down uh-huh. and act like you're eating yep i mean i can only imagine the day's work for miss katie sackoff that day and that you must know, have been a tough day I and and I think it did a good job of sort of without like her you know her body language and and the expressions on her face to me the vibe I got is she was like because it seems like she kind of digs this right like she was abandoned by her former Mandalorian homies when she couldn't get the dark saber and now she's found right. this group who clearly ultimately she doesn't agree with their whole sort of fanatical approach to being a Mandalorian. But she's like but finding a place. They accept and respect her. Yep. But even now, though, she sees like there's these huge, like these huge chasms that need to be addressed. Where like, yeah, they're okay. Like they're all together, but like they can't even eat together because of their like adherence to this creed. Right. Like right. they can't even. They're all together and they're a quote unquote family, but. They can't do like one of the mainstays of being a family and like hanging out, having a meal together, shooting the shit around a fire. Um, and I don't know, maybe I read too much into it, but that's kind of the vibe I got. Um, now, <clears throat> pause Vizsla, big boy. If you're about to climb a mountain, I think you got to leave the minigun behind, bro. That shit looked too heavy <laughs> when you guys were doing that Batman 66 shit climbing that mountain. I got to say, you might have wanted to think of a, a backup weapon, you know? Yeah, right. I'm faster without it. Just <laughs> think I'm faster without it. Well, and like, that's a lot to uh, carry up the sheer face of a mountain. That, and he's already and a big imagine guy. Imagine the fuel you're exerting when yeah. your jetpacks are going. Yeah. Just to carry that minigun around. When you have a son, you're gonna have to get too. Like mm-hmm. eject the eject the eject the hand in the, the minigun. Now just stick with your Mandalorian pistols. You're not much, even supposed to be using a blaster anyway. 
as much as I, you know, brought up how I thought some of the effect shots with the Ahmed best scenes weren't the best. Dude, those baby birds, those baby pterodactyls looked insane. Yeah. Like they yeah. looked and they were 100% CGI and they looked incredible. Like Yeah. The, the 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 I think you know, I even wonder had the the second half of the episode with all the pterodactyl shit not looked as good as it did if it would have even been as stark as a contrast, right? If with the Ahmed best stuff, like the, some, right. the fact that they did something so amazing looking in the same episode that they did something I felt looked a little goofy, I think makes for a really stark contrast. Um, you think maybe they shot that scene a long time ago? Nah, nah, no, I bet you they shot that scene. I might have shot it like when they were shooting some of the Jedi Temple trial, you know, that that game show because it's the same outfit, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Maybe no, actually I think his outfit in Mandalorian's maybe a little fancier. I can't, I don't know. I didn't do any comparison. It looked pretty fancy yeah, from what fancy. I remember. I had like embroidery and shit on it. I thought his Jedi yeah, like, I was like runes or embroidery or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I really dug the scene of them rescuing the kid and Paz Vizsla did the fucking attack on Titan thing where he flew right into the pterodactyl's mouth. It's like, well, <laughs> big boy ain't the smartest, I guess. Doesn't seem right. like the best move, but you know, he's, he's a dad, right? Right. He's working on them dad instincts. He's um, going to do whatever it takes. But I thought the, the fight against the big bird and shit like that was really, um, like exciting and well choreographed and well done uh the big bird regurgitating uh ragnar isn't that his name ragnar vista yeah. terrible yeah. name terrible name <laughs> terrible ass name for that kid pause bro you gotta you maybe need to rethink that let his name be frankenstein it would be better than ragnar um but it regurgitated. Try going up in his paws. <laughs> yeah. Um, regurgitating that kid to baby bird it to its kids. <laughs> wow. All right. Can you imagine the smell in there for that poor kid? He probably there's an air filter on the damn helmet. Yeah, the helmet's pressurized, so he probably didn't have to smell too much. Um. Is it always pressurized, or do you control the pressurizing process? Buddy. That's probably a novel question. You're going to have to ask Pablo Hidalgo. Who do I look like? <laughs> Leland Chi? Not me. Uh-uh. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I dug that. I dug the... Even, like... The thing I like about Mandalorian is it does so much on-the-nose shit, but... For me particularly, you know, I know everybody's mileage is going to vary on this, but nine times out of ten when they do the the on-the-nose shit, it doesn't bother me, and I really like it. So, for instance, Bo-Katan gets one of her shoulder pieces knocked off in the fight with the pterodactyl. The raptor, that's right. what it's called. That's what they call it. It's a pterodactyl. The raptor. Um, right. And, like... The minute you see that, you're like, well, somebody's going to get a fancy new armor piece from the armorer. Like, you know exactly where it's headed. It's super on the nose. Didn't bother me once. Yeah, as soon as it falls. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as her shoulder pauldron falls off, you're like, oh, new piece. Yep. Um, 
and then you know it's it all sort of ma- in, ends with her hanging out with the armorer while the armorer makes her that new piece and wants to know if she wants the night owl and you know she's like well would it be acceptable for me to do like maybe a mythosar like she's at the tattoo shop the mandalorian tattoo shop looking at mythosar flash on the wall yeah and i'm like foreshadowing 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 (laughs) and i like how she she tells the armorer like i saw a mythosar and the armorer is like well when you walk the way you see some wild shit almost like implying that you walk the way and you have like hypnagogic hallucination about mythical creatures and shit um, and then she's like, no, for real. I mean, it was real. And she's like, this is the way. This is the way. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, of course they are, dear. Yeah. I liked um, I liked all the her interactions with the armorer. This. Yeah, they were surprisingly satisfying. Yeah, and they were surprisingly like, me, cool with cool, each other. I don't know that cool that's going to continue. Cool of her to make her armor a replacement piece. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to continue either, but that was cool of her. Yeah. Um, I just also have... very cool of her to make Grogu's piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She I... may send Grogu and Din on a quest or an errand or a place to go train by themselves. Grogu may have a display of power that scares people, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, they really, next episode, they really got to give me a clue at least where the rest of the season is going so it feels a little less aimless. That's all I really need. Like, my biggest complaint about the show so far is that I just, I need that clarification because I feel like I watch these episodes going like, okay, but what is all this? What is the point of all? Like, you know what I mean? What is all this for? Who Who's who's coming for Grogu? Yeah. Who is it? Who's coming for Grogu this season? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why? If it's Moff Gideon, yeah. if it's Moff Gideon, that's totally fine. I want to see Giancarlo Esposito as much as they want to show him to us. Like, I love that dude. Right. But if it's him, Stop fucking beating around the bush and just come out and say what he wants Grogu for. We know it has something to do with the Force and cloning, but stop beating around the bush. Just make it, just spell it out. And if you want to raise some new questions with it, that's fine. But it's time to stop being like, tee hee, hee hee hee. Snoke is a Snoke. Who is a Palpatine? Hee hee. You know? Um, My man is tired of the teeth. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we got... So, you know, it might be a little different if this was one of those shows where you got 10 to 12 episodes a season, right? You get eight, right? With Book of Boba Fett, you only got seven, and he wasn't in two. Do I need to remind you guys of that? No, I don't. You're tired oh, of no, hearing I, about I, it. I don't think you do. Um, but, you know, that's that's really what I need next episode. They give that to me, then I'm... I'm comfortable and I'm down for the rest of the ride. If they keep stringing it along, like I could see myself starting to get maybe a little frustrated. We'll see. Um, what'd you think of bad batch this week? I liked that. I like that a lot too. Mm-hmm. A really good setup for the end of the season episode. I thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. A, uh, a question about what's up with, uh, crosshair, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the other, 
the other clones raiding the Empire. Like, there's a lot of stuff coming to a head. Yeah, and I gotta say, that ship that Echo and the other clone homies are on where they do the rescue mission, that thing is right. fucking cool, man. It's got the little pod that breaks away yeah. that attaches, like the boarding That's right. pod. I thought uh, I that, thought was that so scene cool. was super cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like... It was pretty clear in the the last Crosshair episode that that was kind of probably the beginning of his redemption arc, right? And this just solidifies right. that. Like he, you know, he gets the warning out to the crew. He gets tortured a whole bunch by that fucking. Just because they want to know where to find Omega or how to find Omega. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's protecting her when he was he was ready to kill her or give her up or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, she goes out of her way to save him in the season one finale, right, on Camino. Right. And so, like, you know, he hasn't, you know, this entire season, he hasn't done anything to fuck them over. Like, he's not like, hey, like, I want to be part of you guys' crew and fuck the Empire. But he hasn't gone out of his way to be a dick to them or, or screw them over. Um, so clearly, you know, despite his feelings on, like, he should be a, good soldier and part of the empire and stuff like he's it's not like he was in season one where he was like fuck those guys let's kill them let's kill all these guys and the kid you know um yeah so i thought that was interesting i um i know one of the final two episodes i think is called plan 88 or whatever because remember when they get the message from him and they're like plan 88 that's from crosshair's um signal or whatever his communication signal um so i'm sure we'll find out what the significance of plan 88 is considering that's one of the last two episodes titled um interesting but uh yeah i like that i loved you want to know what the my favorite shit in the episode was take a guess um i don't know Tech teaching uh, Omega how to fly. Oh, really? That was very wholesome. Yeah, I loved that. And man. kind of badass, too. Yeah. Adding another badassness to her repertoire. Yeah, I loved how, like, she's so into flying and she's doing the quote-unquote tech turn and how stoked she is yeah. when Echo's communication comes in and everything. Like, I love all that. I thought it was yeah. so good. Um Absolutely. I thought that part was really fun she, and wholesome. She loves her little family. She does. Like she, she does. just loves it to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went to lunch with my mom and my sister yesterday for my birthday. Oh yeah! Hooray! Yeah, that's awesome. And I, this is an appropriate time to bring up the story. So I'm telling my sister, you know, about having my mom on the podcast and how everybody loves our mom and stuff. She's like, "That's cool." And my mom, she gets real serious and she goes, I'm just going to say one thing. And I was like, uh-oh. Because sometimes, you know, when your mom says that, she's like, listen, I just got to say it or I'm going to say one thing. You don't know what's about to happen, right? She goes, no, she looks be. at me dead serious, right? And goes, something bad better not happen to Omega. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, listen, I don't, you know, I don't think it will. Ultimately, you know, it might not, not all be ultimately. great, but... I mean, bad yeah. stuff's going to happen to her because 
they're going to be put through it, but they'll come out the other end. Like, yeah. I, like I've said it before, I think a character like Omega is one of the brightest stars in the future of Star Wars. I think so, too. Yeah, I a, think Grogu. Like, a fat clone, you know, with all her training and her advancement and her kind nature, you know, like there's a lot of potential, hero potential there. Well, and Buddy, like, like I didn't bring it up because it's it's the first time one of them has really bummed me out, but you probably saw, like, the news is going around that, like, Damon Lindelof is apparently no longer writing that Star Wars movie. They got a new writer. Uh, okay. You know, in any other franchise, it would be business as usual because this shit happens all the time. Someone starts a project, then someone else picks it up. You know, Rogue One had eight different writers on it or something ridiculous, right? But right. this is the first time that it bums me out because he's my lost dude, like, and I was very excited. Um, but the thing to me is, and obviously you wouldn't want to do anything with this until they wrap up whatever the big connected story is with Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, whatever, right? But right. you have a character in Grogu who you could literally be like, let's do a new trilogy or a new series of movies set 300 years after Return of the Jedi, right? And you, would have, you wouldn't have to be like, well, it has to be all new characters. You have a character who can live to be 900, 1,000 years old that people love that could be the connection, get, right, to the previous you time. Basically, yeah, you would basically get young Grogu in his prime. Right, right. And, I mean, you couldn't do that with Omega, but you could set a movie 20 years after Return of the Jedi and have a, well... I mean, then you're getting into like sequel trilogy area, but there, you know, there is storytelling potential there with Omega as well. Like, right. you know, by the time the sequel trilogy rolls around, she's, I guess she's close to being 40 something at that point. Like, yeah, she's, depending on how her, depending on how her genetic, you know, were tampered with by Lama Su. You know, she, maybe yeah. she ages slowly. Maybe she ages. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they established that they didn't do any of the aging tampering with her, just like with Boba. But, I mean, I guess they couldn't. They That also wouldn't mean that they couldn't be like, surprise, we lied, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Put all, all kind of stuff in you. All experiment. kinds of crazy experiment stuff. Um, but, yeah, I like... I just, I mainly just liked this episode because I, I felt like it was really a solid setup for the end of the season. To me, I'm guessing that they're going to link up with Rex and maybe old doo-doo head Cody um, and whatever other clones that they've rescued to do like a raid on Mount Tanis to rescue the clones and Crosshair. Um, oh, that would be cool. I kind of feel like that might be what the last two episodes are about. Seems like a daunting task for them, but they could do yeah. it. Yeah. And I still think, I, I thought that, um, 
what was her name? The the one they used to work for, Sid. I thought Sid was gonna do them dirty at some point. Uh, I think that potential is still here, even you know, like I feel like could happen in the last two episodes. Yeah, because I mean, they they straight up like Echo mentioned, like I thought you guys would be on Ord Mantel working with Sid, and they were like, well, we're reevaluating that relationship. So they're keeping her in the viewer's mind by bringing her up again, and I think that has right. to be for some sort of reason. <laughs> um. If they were there, they'd probably be caught by now by oh, the yeah. crazy dude, the crazy empire dude. He's evil. I don't like, like whoever does his voice death. work is is good. It sounds like Matt Mercer, but I don't know who it is. Oh, and let me say oh. it okay. So in the past, right, when you see the Bad Batch fighting clones, like at the the first episode, right? Where they were fighting clones and we made, you know, we noticed that they were using the stun bolts, right? Right. Okay, I get that. They they don't want to kill other clones. Those guys are essentially their brothers. But when they're attacking an Imperial ship that's, you know, taking clones to be experimented on, I'll, I think you turn the stun beam off when you're fighting stormtroopers. But no, yeah. they were... It, it's it, a way to separate the good guys from the bad guys. I guess. Um, Did Crosshair himself use the stun on somebody? I, I thought I saw a scene where he, and I was like, oh, you wouldn't think this guy would stun anybody. Did he stun the lady doctor he, that's clearly voiced by the same person that does Omega? Was that who he stunned? Maybe. I can't remember. Um, I can't either. And then that dude, man, they love the, the electric suicide pill lately in Star Wars because that boy used it, another dude used it in this episode. Yeah. And like, you know, part of me was like uh, thinking like, okay, so maybe they do the stun bolts because that makes it a little less violence, violent for kids to watch, right? You can be like, look, they're not killing them. They're just stunning them. But then in the same episode, you have a dude, you know, committing suicide by electrified suicide pill. Like you have, you know, a couple episodes ago, Crosshair killed the Imperial leader guy that went and saved his clone buddy like yeah i don't know um but i'm i'm interested to see where it goes next week we get three star wars episodes we get mandalorian and the two-part bad batch finale unreal yeah unreal yeah i can't wait and then um i still say nothing in these last few episodes indicates to me that this is the last season of bad batch i think there has to be at least one more after this <laughs> um of course i think i mean unless like the you last could <laughs> stop and then sunset everybody but there's a bunch more to be mm -hmm. you know there's a bunch more stories with this crew oh yeah unless especially they all to, you want um if they get to mount tanis and it like self-destructs and everybody blows up they won't do that but um, yeah, I agree. It I think there's a lot be of stories. cool to see a s season with Crosshair as a good guy for a little while. I think before I, they wrap it, I think that's what we'll get. I think there'll be at least one more season, and it'll be the full batch together. I think Crosshair. I think they'll probably rescue Crosshair. Cody will thankfully die in the raid. Fuck Cody. I don't care about. 
Ooh, Cody. My man's got Ball plans Cody. for Cody. Yeah, man. If I was in the writer room, I'd be like, oh, you guys want to introduce Cody. Do I need to re- remind you what he did to Obi-Wan's big lizard in episode three? And as I remind you He killed you the Iguanodon. <laughs> as I remind you of this, I'm just going to let you guys know, I'm killing that motherfucker this season. My one writing credit in the writing room is killing doo-doo-ass Cody. So. R.I.P. Commander no. Cody. Nope. Nope. No R.I.P. Just no rest. Just dead. He don't deserve rest after <laughs> what he did to Obi-Wan's uh, boga. You want to uh, hear from some of our friends? Yep. Let's do. do that. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cock head. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty, cock head. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cock head. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cock head. All righty. If you want to send in a voicemail or an email to Blue Harvest, it's easy enough. Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com. First up, we got a voicemail from our buddy Josh. Let's hear what he has to say. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is your internet pal, Josh Wright. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're enjoying your time off, um, Haas. Um, I want to thank you for uh, not broadcasting my last uh, voicemail. Um, I had a whole question built around something I got wrong. Um, something that didn't happen at all in the, in the Mando episode that I noticed upon rewatch. So anyway, thank you for that. But a big part of that voicemail was also me thanking you guys, um, for your you know, inspiration. Um, I wanted to thank Will, um, for, um, talking about his vasectomy on the podcast. And it really encouraged me to kind of get over my nervousness about it and, um, I got it done two weeks ago. Um, oh, cool. so by now I'm all recovered. My, uh, my super weapon is fully operational again. Um, and I also want to thank you, Haas. Uh, when I was, uh, when I was laying there on the, on the table, um, about to get it done, I, I pulled the doctor <laughs> aside and said, doc, I think I want another procedure done. Can you give me the Haas special? He said, oh, the Hawes special. You mean the penis reduction surgery? I said, yes. Um, He took a look at me and he just shook his head and said, you know, I I would, but we just don't have the equipment to deal with something that large in this office. Um, So he's going to give me a referral to another urologist. Um, But thank you, Hawes. Thank you for being the face of big dick energy in America. Clearly. So, uh, to these two episodes this week, I'll talk about the Bad Batch first. I really loved it. 
Um, it's, I feel like stuff's really building up now. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the, um, kind of double, uh, episode, uh, finale here. This episode even seemed like the first part of a three-parter almost, or four-parter if you want to count the, count the previous Pabu episode. Um, really good. I love the, I love the, uh, flying scenes with Omega and, and the, uh, and the stuff where they're breaking the clones out of the, out of the, uh, prison sort of ship. I guess it's an experimental ship. Anyway, really dug that. Uh, but my question's about the Mando. So I, I, I just love this episode. Um, I really love the stuff with Ahmed Best that just kicked so much ass when, Grogu started to go into the flashback. I said out loud, even though I was watching it by myself, let's go. Anyway, love that sequence. Um, really love the little, as you said, side quest um, to save uh, Paz Vizsla's son, Ragnar. Now, I heard you say on your immediate reaction that you didn't like the name Ragnar. It's kind of silly. Ragnar is actually an old, um, Ragnar is actually an old Viking name. There was a kind of semi-legendary figure named um, Ragnar Lothbrook, um, who was a Viking um, in the uh, 800s. And according to the legends, he kind of kicked around what's now France and England, ra- uh, raiding and pillaging and all that good stuff. Um, and he had a number of uh, sons who are a little bit more historically um, attested, including one named... Let's see if I'm getting this right. Ivar the Boneless um, was one of his sons. Interesting cat. Anyway, so just wanted to explain a little bit with the Ragnar stuff, but um, I don't know about Will, uh, but as a parent, uh, when I saw the um, the creatures in the nest, all you know, all four of them together, my first thought was of the Pteranodon family from Dinosaur Train. Um, that's the first thing that came to mind. Um, there was only one parent though. So maybe, you know, maybe Mr. Pteranodon, uh, flew off to get some fish or something anyway. So, but the revelation, uh, that the kid was, uh, Paz Vizsla's son, uh, was interesting to me because it also, it kind of implied that, you know, they're not just camping out there. They're also fucking. And most likely with the helmet on. Um, it's an interesting thought to me, but it also conjured up the image of John Favreau wearing nothing but a Mandalorian helmet, which is not something I wanted in my brain. Um, so what do you think? How does that work? How does just fucking with the Mando helmets on work? And what it, it seems like it could open the door to a lot of, uh, problems and kind of misunderstandings and trickery and whatnot. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think they're really doing that or are they just kind of putting bags over their heads or so? I, I don't know. It's, it's a little, it's a little puzzling to me. Anyway, uh, hope you guys are doing great. Love the podcast. May the force be with you, buddy. Something tells me, yeah, they keep the helmets on by the way, Will, What's a, can we get an update on them nuts? How you nuts doing post couple months post? Oh, same as they ever were. But I mean, you know, they're 
back to normal. Back Did you to... go drop some Grogu's in the cup for them to check? Did you do that part yet? No, I need to. I need to do that. Yeah, it, my time just my time popped up like last week. I got gotcha. you. Time to go. Three months out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, I think they probably do do it with the helmets on. They pre they seem pretty fucking beholden to that it's rule. It's probably dirty. Ugh. You know, they they live a pretty austere life. Um I imagine it's probably very business like. It's like or pr- like primal, klingon. Yeah, I see I don't even see it being like that. I imagine it's like hello my Mandalorian wife. We should have a oh, Mandalorian no. child. No. And she goes, this is the way. And then they just like, I don't know. Cha-ching. Bang it, bang it out real quick. Silently no, no. wearing the helmet, you know. He's like, I'm just going to put my penis through this hole in my pants. You know what I mean? Probably even keep the pants This is on. the way. This is the way. This is the way. I just, I can't imagine it's all that great with his fucking beholden to the creed they are. And listen. Uh, the face of big dick energy. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Nothing screams big dick energy, like ringing in your 40th birthday alone with your four cats and your dog and eating fucking divorce dad style nachos at your house. That, that is, that's I mean, big. if you look at it, that's, that's the biggest dick energy. No, it is not. There's no, it Will, is. Will, it is. You are it's the one that requires a reduction that's no. how big a dick energy that no, is. No, Will, it is it's not. It's just not it giving is not. a fuck. You are. And being the king of your kingdom, that's okay. big dick energy right there. <laughs> okay. My empire of dirt, I believe someone said once. <laughs> um, and, Will, listen, I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. You are one of my biggest <laughs> cheerleaders, but a uh, little reality's got to come into play occasionally here. I just like that this bit doesn't die. Yeah, this, thanks, this thanks a lot bit. for that. Will, we're really building up fucking unrealistic expectations here. <laughs> no, I love it. How many bits do I have that live that long? Um, anyways, I mean, it is one of your most enduring bits on the show, 100%. It, it lasts. It, it sure did. Do you know why? Because it's, Cause it's true. No, because it's so outlandish, <laughs> right? No. Like, you know why the bit with the little guy that lived in your fridge went for as long as it did? Because it's so outlandish and impossible. <laughs> That's why. That's why. Um, next up, we got an email from our buddy Sam. He says, howdy, Halls and Will. Halls, I hope you had an awesome birthday. And as I always say, I think it's so kick-ass to share a birthday with such a legend. Mm, legend. But happy birthday, Sam. Anyway... Talk about two really solid Star Wars episodes. Will the baby dinosaurs be taken in and raised as mounts to fly next to the Mythosaur in a kick-ass action Probably. scene? Yeah, I would Probably. love to see that. With the Bad Batch leaving Sid, do you think they'll go back to rescue AZ-3 from her bar? I thought maybe the Empire could also get to Sid and then use AZ-3 to get information on the Bad Batch. Anyway, do you think we'll see that droid again? I'd love to see him join the crew on a more permanent basis. Anyway, have a great week. Best wishes, Sam. That honestly could be that could be their in, right? For the Empire to locate them. They could figure out the connection to Sid. Get a hold of that droid. I could see that being kind of the way it goes. Yeah. Sid could butter them up, like be real, real nice and say she's gotta, you know, offer them 
a deal they can't refuse. It's so good. Uh, and then that could be a trap. Yeah. And I also kind of wonder if maybe, you know, the empire shows up on Sid's doorstep looking for the bad batch and she does the right thing and protects them. I, you know, I guess there's always that chance too. I I'm 100% done with Sid. Otherwise, like the minute she did the fucking passive aggressive fucking voicemail where she was like yeah um with what i know about you or whatever i was like get the fuck out of here done with this passive aggressive bullshit leave me alone yeah exactly um i 100 percent could see them raising those little dinosaurs to be mounts one that's what they're gonna do they're gonna be riding those guys in a couple of seasons that's exactly right um it next can't up, not happen it's gonna be some game of thrones stuff mm-hmm. uh next up we got one from robert hey halls and will this week was full of some good star wars tv i can't believe grogu is actually training as a mandalorian and bo katan has some plans to become the mandalore the armor was being all sneaky and wants bo to go take the mythosar dude this season is turning out to be really great Ahmed Best showing up as a Jedi was such a cool treat. I love that we're getting more of Grogu's backstory. These are the answers we needed. And you were right about the foundling being Paz Vizsla's son. Good call. That wasn't us, buddy. That was Florian. He's the one that propositioned that theory on our show through a voicemail. Got to give credit where credit is due. Um, Also, the Bad Batch was really good this week. Glad to see Omega reuniting with Echo. That hug was so sweet. And poor Crosshair. They really are doing all they can to make me feel bad for him. This Dr. Villain is a real threat to the team. My question to you guys is, what are your thoughts on Vader showing up in the Bad Batch? We saw Tarkin. I've totally forgot to mention we saw Tarkin. Yeah, we did. Governor Tarkin. Now that you said that. He came Um, through on the hollow. uh, So I'm thinking that maybe Vader could be coming to decommission, quote unquote, the remaining clones. Hopefully, boys have a good week. May the force be with you both, Robert. Um, listen. I assume Vader's talking Jedi threats, but it's not impossible for him to go just. This is the thing, know, right? Like shit, stomp a bunch of clones. The the era, the the timeline we are in the Star Wars timeline and the Bad Batch is one where sort of a newly on the scene, as far as you know, in his whole armor get up right um with the Mm -hmm. red lightsaber vader is sort of new on the scene at this point it's always possible that he's gonna he could show up like he's out there he's doing shit um most of the time i prefer when they don't just always go straight to vader even if it is timeline appropriate um but if they think of a cool way to bring him in you know I'm sure I'd be. I say that now and then watch in two weeks or next week. I get on here and be like, oh boy, big news. Darth Vader was in fucking Bad Batch and it was awesome. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. I just, peace and love to the Bad Batch. I don't see how they come across Vader and it goes well for them. (laughs) You know? Yeah, right. That's one of those things where it's like a storm coming you got to run from. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But. He certainly could. I mean, he is around. It's it's timeline appropriate. <clears throat> All right. Uh, last up, we got a voicemail from our buddy Neil. Let's hear what he has to say. 
What's up, Oz and Will? It's Neil giving you a call from Chicago, calling about uh, Chapter 20 of The Mandalorian, uh, The Foundling. Um, man, uh, what an episode. Uh, this was so cool for so many different reasons. Um, I'll, I'll get to the, the big one uh, that I like the most, which you probably guys have already discussed in a second. But uh, the first thing was definitely, I mean, Grogu kicked that kid's ass. I, come on, man. <laughs> the kid didn't even stand a chance. I mean, Grogu was a little frightened to begin with, but he did the double flip and the triple shot, and, man, he, he had it in the back. Like, kid's a fucking natural. Um, so that was awesome to see him get a little comeuppance on the, the snot-nosed kid, snot-nosed uh, family. Um, so I really like that. Um, I love the family aspect that is kind of forming between Bo-Katan, uh, Din, and Grogu. Uh, that's super adorable. Um, you know, I, I became a stepfather when I got married last year and was filled that role prior to that point. Um, but, you know, being you know, somewhat of a father myself now, it's really endearing to see the love that Din has for Grogu and concerns for his safety. He gives him advice, you know, on the fight while it's happening. Like, he is that kid's number one supporter, and that's that's really cool. Um, but obviously the best is the flashback, of course. Um, the fact that Keller and Beck is the one that saves Grogu and it, yes, it is the same character from the Jedi Temple Challenge, um, that was series that was on YouTube. So in essence, Jedi Temple Challenge is historical records of Keller and Beck testing foundlings and Padawans. And that's really freaking cool, man. Like, I love that. And it's Ahmed Best. Like, I, I, I left out the best part. It's Ahmed Best. It is literally Jar Jar Binks, or the actor that played Jar Jar Binks. And I think one of the most significant things about making him Keller and Beck and bringing him back into the fold of Star Wars is a little bit of a dichotomy. You have someone who was the most hated character or who played the most hated character in Star Wars that had ever been saving a favorite character in a flashback, who is the darling character of Star Wars right now. And, and I think that's very interesting. I I like that they brought Ahmed Bass back. I like that he is getting his comeuppance and, you know, can get past what happened with, you know, him portraying Jar Jar. Um, so in the end, um, I am very, very excited by this season. I think a lot of cool plot lines uh, that have been developed um, are going to intersect in a great way on the next four episodes. Um, and I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. Appreciate everything you do, and hope you have a great rest of the week. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Neil. I mean, Neil kind of hit a lot of stuff we hit, you know? Like, I do think right. that's really cool. Like, any small grumbles about sort of the, um, the you know, technical execution of parts of that scene aside, like, it's hard not to dig it from a behind the scenes perspective, right? Like, right. So, yeah, good on that dude, man. I'm very, very happy with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, man, good for that dude.
<clears throat> can't wait to see where that storyline goes from now, from this point. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's not necessarily likely that we'll get the rest of it. Um, you know, no, I don't think so. this season. We'll get the rest of it eventually. It's just not going to necessarily be this season. Um, right. All right, buddy. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. So thanks for recording with me. I know we did it a day earlier. Yeah, dude. No, I had a great time. Thank you for uh, recording with me. Of course. Um, so listen, guys. If you haven't already, would you mind leaving us a review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts? Um, if you like the band that was kind enough to provide the music for our theme song, you should check them out. They're Stone Cobra. You can get them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonecobra.bandcamp.com. Um, and check out the High Potion Podcast. It's a podcast I do with our buddy Steve about video games. Um, and it comes out every Monday. And come hang out on the stream. I'll be streaming, you know, the rest of my vacation. Um, Going to be hitting up that Resident Evil 4 remake when it drops. Very excited for that. I'll tell you this. Haas is a good streamer. If you uh, if you it. never checked out streaming, like you you would not be wasting your time watching Haas. It's funny. He's insightful. He's able to interact with chat. Like, he's just, he's good at it. He's good at what he does. I appreciate that, buddy. Well... That's going to do it for this week. We'll see you next week when we wrap up the second season of uh, Bad Batch and continue on with this third season of Mandalorian. So until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Wooden. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.